Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the one below to this week in Bitcoin. I'm just climbing all around, going crazy. I don't know even what show it is. Today is uh, April the 16th. 2021 strong hand long-term thinking bitcoin is the next bitcoin one bitcoin equals one bitcoin do not fomo on alts i'm offended by selling oh those things of mine had a, have a lot to do with what's going on today i mean we got turkeys running around we got doges running around but we got the best freaking guest in the space are here too bradley quinton is here Guy Swan and introducing Leviticus, baby, north of the border. Welcome to the show. All right, let's start off with something that reminds us of the stability and awesomeness of, of Bitcoin here before we get into the news of the day, which really involves a lot of noise here. Uh, Guy, Guy Swan, this is linked, all three of these guys are linked to below, but this specific uh, quote is linked to below too. Bitcoin is an infrastructure protocol. Its critical functions are consensus, defensibility, resilience, and extreme cryptographic assurances. It's bedrock for an entirely new monetary system. It's not a toy, <laughs> like an NFT or something, or an app. I've not seen one altcoin that uses this mental framing. Of course you haven't, because they're all altcoin flavors of the month. They're not a <laughs> it was I, I love how you how you phrase that there, okay? Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. It's beyond all these other things, okay? But we live in a we live in a wacky world. People can buy whatever they want to. People get caught up in these altcoin tribes when famous and when famous people mention their altcoin. They go crazy. Uh, and so uh, what we're seeing right now reminds me, by the way, everyone, of the spring of 2017. We had an altcoin pump then. Bcash was leading the way. There was all this Bcash FUD. Now, it's a little different this time. Who is, who is paying 30 cents for Dogecoin? I mean, this is a legitimate question. Who in their right mind is paying 30 cents for Dogecoin? Bunch of gamblers. Well, yeah, and so, so to, to, who, who said that? Who said that? This guy Swan said guy that. Guy Swan said that. So, so guy, what, what, what's going on? What's going on today with, with, uh, with, with the, the, the state of the? Uh, is this what mainstream adoption is going to look like? What mass adoption is, is? Is this the beginning of mass adoption? Just a bunch of people gambling on quote unquote crypto? No, this is still just. This is just an extension of the whole penny stocks thing. Um, and I've said this like a bunch of different ways, but like the general idea is that there is a an astronomical knowledge gap between the mindset of the legacy system, the the kind of mindset and culture coming out of the back end of a long term debt cycle where everybody is a deeply consumerist chase the fiat gains. Um, you know, loaning out to like taking out loans to buy your own stock sort of mentality. I mean, we come from such a 
misallocated and imbalanced financial system. And that culture is just bleeding over into the, I'm going to print my own token today uh, market. And that, that doesn't take, that doesn't like, you don't just like turn that off. It's not like a light switch, right? It takes years and years and years of understanding and maturity of changing your time preference of thinking differently about your future and how you invest to, to rid that from the market. And every time we get a flood of new people, they did again, we got a whole nother few years where we have to rid them of bad habits. Like, and Bitcoin is going to do that. Like that's the, that's the process, but it's a messy, it is a long process. And the first thing that people do is they take their casino, their casino mentality from the legacy monetary system and financial, you know, crap shoot that we're in. Uh, and they just paste it right on to crypto and they just come here and they just buy the next big thing. I mean, Doge is just going to dump again. Like this isn't the first time it's happened. It's just bigger. Um, it's just happened like, God, this happened like seven or eight times in Dogecoin. Like this is kind of a regular occurrence. Um, and, uh, you know, people will get wrecked and it'll bleed back into Bitcoin. Um, and then you'll have a whole new era or a whole new generation of people who, got burned and hate looking back on all the stupid penny stock crypto tokens that they bought. Um, I mean, Dogecoin, I, 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 you know, I said it in a tweet, is that it's the, it, it's the, the fact that that is the one that is like in the heat of the moment, the, the prime time token right now, or altcoin is kind of hilarious because it's the most do nothing explicit joke of a coin out there. You know, it is Dogecoin. It is Dogecoin. You know, like it's not a smart contract platform. It's not Uniswap, like uh, make a return stake for liquidity governance contracts BS. It just is just Dogecoin. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I just, it just seems like business as usual. It's just another, another phase, another cycle. Well, I, I think this time we're getting some. Uh... The whole GameStop mentality has clearly entered this corner of the space. Uh, I do want to point out that uh, you can't buy Dogecoin on Coinbase. So you can't blame Coinbase on this one. Coinbase has obviously been in the news. There are actually Bitcoiners who are giving up their, who are gambling their Bitcoin on this. It's, it's, it's a gamble. It's, it, there, I Go know on. of a Bitcoiner who has been on this show before. I'm not going to reveal who he is. Um, who, who told me he had Dogecoin because he wants to get more Bitcoin, okay? So there, there are, let's not all, you know, we, we can we can put it on the 80 percenters of the world, but every so many people get tempted by this gambling thing, this GameStop mentality. Uh, we're, we're definitely living in, in, in an inflationary world where you just can't keep your money in the bank and get returns. So people do wild things, uh, but they really don't have to do wild things if they truly understand Bitcoin. All right, Brandon, your, your take on, on the current events. Yeah. So first a confession, um, maybe four months ago or something, whenever Elon started talking about Dogecoin, um, I opened up an old Exodus wallet with some dust there and I just YOLO'd it all into Dogecoin and like 5X my money in 24 hours and then converted all to Bitcoin. Uh, I highly don't recommend it, but you know, it, was just, it was a late night YOLO. It was, it was fun. Um, okay. What's happened with Dogecoin? A couple of things. One, I think John Oliver sums it up the best when he said, um, what's going on here? Well, everything you don't understand about money combined with everything you don't understand about computers. And so that was his quote about Bitcoin. 
And how I interpret that is that even if you're a well-intentioned person, you're going to struggle to find the difference between Doge and Bitcoin when you're brand new. And so I think there's some people tangled up there. They genuinely don't get it. Uh, I think that's a smaller percentage. And then I think probably the 80% of people messing with Dogecoin, um, it's just a, a symptom of loose money, right? This is NFTs. This is Doge. This is GameStop. Um, and it's not just loose money at the Fed, but it's the consequences of loose money for decades, which a uh, guy was talking about there in the fiat culture, right? If you go onto one of the uh, crypto Facebook groups, um, which I do not recommend, you're going to find all these noobs looking for the next uh, pump your coin 10 in the next 10x in the next day nonsense. You mentioned Bitcoin and they, they attack you for Bitcoin because it's boring and slow and the gains aren't fast enough. Right. And so it feels like nihilism. It feels like YOLO or bust. And that's a consequence of uh, fiat culture. And so, like I mentioned, it's going to take a while. Right. It takes most Bitcoiners several years of bumping into Bitcoin before they start to uh, shed this identity and be more optimistic about the future. If you're optimistic about the future, you'll think more long term, you'll treat yourself better and you'll see that obviously Bitcoin is the play here. All right. Now, pound that like button, everybody. I wanna I wanna read you a little bit about what I saw on Twitter today, and this is the, this is like the second or third time I've seen this trending in the United States. Dogecoin stock value is on the rise yet again. I, I mean, <laughs> this is what, what that is this is what it's come to. I mean, it's stock value. Now a, a human being had to write that out, but they they've made this mistake numerous times. So this is what the masses are saying seeing they want to invest in this stock they don't they don't get what the heck it is uh i i will say this that the the dogecoin financial tribe i i we're living in a golden age where we you know we've had tribes around baseball teams around religion around countries now we have tribes based around money uh which is a new thing and the doge one it's uh it's pretty strong i i will give them credit for that they uh they they've got a herd mentality going, <laughs> and it's it's a greater fool's game. I'm going to say this: it is a game of musical chairs. We do not know when it's going to end, uh, but it, it it's somewhat fascinating to see this because I mean just just that headline alone alone on on Twitter just that that really sums it up for me. But anyway, Leviticus, you're new to you're new to the show. Welcome and uh, uh you you've you've done some good stuff out there, and I want people to check you out. Link to below. But what do, what do you think about all this? Well, it's a healthy sign that uh, dumb money or retail is uh, coming in. Um, you can obviously tell the people buying Doge are the same crowd as the GME. Uh, I see Doge uh, shield on TikTok hardcore. Um, and I really think it's a younger person's coin. Um, hopefully they stick around and they realize that they're bleeding sats. In the, the long term, and then that if they valued their wealth in Bitcoin, they'd be doing a lot uh, better. But I know it's with new people, it's the unit bias. Uh, you know, with Doge, you can get a whole bunch for $1,000. And with Bitcoin, you know, it's an ugly fraction. And I find a lot of uh, normies, they, they have a hard time, uh, you know, accepting a, a fraction. They'd rather have whole units of uh, garbage than, you know, uh, Slivers of something that's actually valuable. Yeah, it's it's it. This and this has been the case for so long. The unit bias, but you bring up a really good point about the TikTokers and uh, you know the, these kids born after the year two thousand. That's that's who's on TikTok. I mean, yeah, they they, they love Dogecoin. 
uh, and it, they, they've loved it for a while. I mean, it's that, it, it's that, uh, you know, short attention span. Type. It's a short attention span coin. Definitely. It's an instant gratification. That's what, that's what TikTok's all about. But yeah, hopefully some of them will transition into, into Bitcoin eventually. Um, uh, I, 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 I'll say that's it for now. We'll, we'll, we'll leave Dogecoin in the, in the dust and we will move on to a, another house of altcoins, and that is Coinbase. Coinbase went public on Wednesday. Um, and uh, yeah, life goes on. I think it, I think it was great publicity. Um, we have a, I want to read this quote here. Where is it from? Uh, well, we'll, God, I, I have it from the Financial Times. I wrote, I wrote down what the Financial Times said, that it adds, uh, it's like the seal of approval for this uh, asset class now that uh, that Bitcoin is, that uh, the Coinbase has gone public. Okay, uh, but it's a lot of people are finding out about it. What, Brandon, what was your take on Coinbase going public this week? Yeah, I mean, a couple of positive things you mentioned. One, uh, it's a symbolic moment, right? So for the traditional finance guys, some people will will say, okay, there's unicorns here. It's real. Um, another on the positive side, it unlocks billions of dollars in liquidity, right? So all the investors of Coinbase now get to pull their money out. And where does that money go, right? There are most likely smart investors. They're most likely not going to keep it in dollars. So I do expect a significant portion of that to, to end up back in the market. Um, sadly, I don't think that high of a percentage will end up in Bitcoin um, because you look at the investor base of Coinbase and uh, you have majority shareholders like A16Z and the rest of the Coinbase crowd. And um, I would say that they're not very uh, pro-Bitcoin. Um, they lean more on the like blockchain, everything, altcoiner, you know, the broader space. Um, so to be optimistic, we'll get some of that, but I don't know how much. Um, and then on the negative side or like who cares side, why would anyone invest in Coinbase? Um, GBTC is a better investment. Do you want just an altcoin proxy or something like that? I don't even know what Coinbase represents. Like you could buy it because you think other people are too stupid to buy Bitcoin and then they'll buy Coinbase. But other than that, I don't, I don't see why you'd buy it. Dude, that was such a good summary because people keep asking me, should I buy coin? Hey, listen to what Brandon just freaking said. There's your darn answer. You buy the underlying Bitcoin. That that's what you, you buy the darn real thing. Don't play these games. But that, you, you want a proxy for altcoins? I mean that that's yeah, very, very good, good point there. Good point. Um, all right, let me let me read that uh, Financial Times thing here. Coinbase seventy six billion dollar debut puts seal on cryptocurrencies as an asset class okay there, there you go now everyone can can feel like it's cool to buy uh cryptocurrencies come pile it come pile into it dudes uh what was your take on coinbase going public uh leviticus uh i think it's a necessary step um it's a shame uh it's not kind of a company with a better e ethos but i think to kind of be that public company you kind of have to play ball with them um Hopefully this uh, this will unlock a lot of uh, people's money who's trapped in kind of uh, legacy financial markets. Hopefully they can like kind of uh, do a stock swap sort of thing and a allocate more funds uh, into it. Um, I yeah I I do kind of agree that hopefully they'll become like the Google in the uh, crypto space in terms of offering. But obviously the internet's going to be bigger than Google, and uh, um, and then the, the the funny thing with the stock. You know, stock rose uh, up past four hundred dollars, but then ended up closing maybe a dollar above uh, where it is. So you know, the hype is obviously there. Um, 
all in all, I think it's an, a great thing to get more e ETFs rolling in and uh, basically the fine lines, uh, the more mainstream adoption of uh, bit, uh, Bitcoin. Sorry. Dude, you, you bring up the ETF thing, which is very good. I've, I've got a question about that. Uh, but first, Guy Swan, what was your take on you've been around this game for a long time? So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe this will end up being the Facebook of cryptocurrency. Who knows? Uh, uh, what, what did you think of the, the debut? So, yeah, um, uh, pretty much on on par with a lot of what Leviticus and Brandon just said, really, um, is like in the context of Coinbase going public from a legitimacy standpoint, I think it's a really, really big deal. Um, I think that's actually really awesome. Um, I mean, there is a company on the NASDAQ that is specifically a service in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Um, that said, I think Coinbase is kind of a crap company. Um, I got, I don't think they're overall very good for Bitcoin specifically, but in the eyes of the legacy financial system, in the eyes of everybody who sits down in a boardroom, like, like people at like major banks are now having to look at Coinbase, which I'm sure they've thought for a long time, is just some silly company selling magic internet money and go, how in how on earth do they have a higher valuation than we do? Um, and uh, I think that just, I think that's going to bug the hell out of them. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, we should be bugging the hell out of them. They should, they should recognize what this space is and what it means. That said, will I buy coin? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If, if I could have bought a share of Alta Vista, or Facebook, when the option to just buy a share of the internet existed, the internet is going to soak, would have soaked up the value of every single company on top of it. Facebook or AltaVista or Netscape or, you know, whatever your browser is or whatever, is just an app. It's just a service on top of that. You never had the option to buy a share of the internet. You do have an option to buy Bitcoin. Um, and whatever Coinbase's future is, okay, like maybe there's some specific scenario or your 401k or something where it's hard to get exposed to Bitcoin. It makes sense to have a little bit of an allocation to coin, but otherwise, uh, just buy Bitcoin. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense in my opinion. All right, dudes. If you guys have questions, we have answers. You can do a super chat, type in Bitcoin Meister. We'll answer your questions. When I hear off the vista, man. You, you're you're a hardcore internet uh, veteran there, guy. And <laughs> you think about driving uh, people in the San Francisco Bay Area, I think on the 101, they used to see a big old sign for Alta Vista back in the day. All right, well, let's let's keep it on. Let's keep it on uh, stocks and all this nonsense. The, the, not the underlying Bitcoin. Let's talk about the ETF. It's getting closer. Somebody out a Galaxy filed for an ETF this week. I, I got. It. I have it written down somewhere, but I linked to below all the North American ETFs that have been filed. Now, obviously in Canada, they they, they actually have ETFs now, um, but it, it's all about getting them in the United States. It's it's going to be huge. It's it, it's going to be huge. But how huge is it really going to be? Uh, will it be bigger than Coinbase going public? Guys, what? Once an ETF is approved. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, bigger than Coinbase? 
Yeah, well, um, the, the uh, first approval of an Amer of a United States-based ETF, will that be bigger than Coinbase? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, see, I, I don't know. Like, like, I see it in, like, the Bitcoin space as, like, nobody's really going to care all that much. But in the legacy space, I kind of think that will be a big deal. I think that probably will be a little bit more in your face than Coinbase specifically. I mean, you look at what happened in Canada um, with their Bitcoin ETF. It's only like a month or a couple months old or something. Uh, and they broke records. Um, like that ETF broke, broke, I think, three records during that, in, in this short period of time that it's been live in Canada. It had the, uh, the highest amount of volume and participation of any ETF launch ever in the first 24 hours. Um, and then in the first week, I think it was, I think that was the span. It did more volume than like all the other, like, I can't remember if it was like the top three. I, I don't know. It just did some stupid comparative, like, like many multiples of volume of just all the other ETFs on the market. I mean, it, it just flattened everything else. It was just like the Bitcoin ETF was the only ETF that was doing anything when you looked at it from a comparative standpoint. Um, uh, I, I can't remember exactly the details of the records. Um, but, uh, but you know, we could probably see something like that in the U.S. too. Like it might launch and get a hell of a lot of attention really, really quick. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of institutions that are looking to get um, exposed and don't really have a great way to and don't want to be holding their own keys, ETF would be a great option. Um, so I think well, it'd be a big deal. It, it, yeah, it's it's a bigger deal than Coinbase when it happens. It, 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 it can bring a lot of money into the space, uh, which is always interesting. Uh, Le Leviticus, you're actually up in Canada, so you've uh, experienced the uh, Canadian ETF or you've, you're around it, I guess. But uh, what's your, your take on uh, that? When the United States uh, finally approves one, uh, will it be bigger uh, than uh, Coinbase? Uh, well, the Canadian one just passed a billion dollars. So, and um, I, I do think it's safe to say that once an American one gets going, and uh, I, I do think it could pass the valuation of uh, Coinbase. Um, also, I was just reading that Van Eck, uh, like Corp, they just released a... Uh, like a Bitcoin company ETF. So it has like uh, MicroStrategy, BlackRock, and uh, kind of some other uh, companies for those wanting uh, Bitcoin exposure. Um, I was also reading that there's about eight in queue for a process, uh, you know, to be uh, approved uh, by the SEC. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Canada is beating America uh, on this. Um, re recently, uh, I know they offer... Um, you can actually uh, buy an ETF for the downside of uh, Bitcoin in Canada as well. Um, I I'm not sure if you can just sell shorts on the other one, but I was, I was reading that yeah, you can be involved uh, both upwards and downwards in terms of price volatility. Um, I, I really hope the e ETFs pass Coinbase and, you know, uh, kind of put it to shame, but I'm, I'm quite surprised that uh, the Coinbase valuation already well, I, I will say this. One thing that you, you you put out there, it's it's it is crazy that Canada did it before America. Rarely does uh, Canada beat America to the punch, but hey, that's what happened. All right, Brandon, we'll uh, we'll let you uh, sum up uh, your thoughts on, on ETFs. 
Yeah, so I, I think uh, getting this approved this year is a no-brainer, no matter how you look at it, right? The market's begging for it based on valuations we've seen in MicroStrategy, GBTC, mining stocks, right? So there, there is a demand here. Um, now, the SEC had complaints of why, or I guess reasons why they declined previous ETF applications, and I think all of those have been addressed uh, very well in the last three years or so. And so the market's demanding it. People are going out um, and investing in imperfect vehicles. And, and so if they don't approve it, I think it would be considered a highly political decision um, rather than a logically consistent decision. And so I assume we'll get it passed this year. Um, I think what's interesting is like, okay, how much demand is there for this, right? Because in the last few years, with no ETF, people have had to get creative. And so people have built things like GBTC, they built NYDIG, and there's all these other ways to get exposure. Um, there's good custody options now. You can call Fidelity if you're an institution and get exposure. And so um, I think a lot of the, the tip of the spear already has exposure, but I think what an ETF will do is we'll kind of like bring it down market a little bit and give uh, less sophisticated investors a chance. Um, and I think that's powerful. There's a lot of capital in the U.S. And I think people are waking up and starting to evaluate their finances more. So I think it's very positive. Um, in the back of my mind, though, I always wonder how much of the supply will be concentrated in a vehicle like this. Um, and so, yes, ETF will make number go up. But at, at, at what cost? Right. Like, are we going to sacrifice uh, future security risk because so much supply is there? Um, and I, I just don't like that trend. And so I'm OK without an ETF. Um, but yeah, sure, it'll be good for number go up. Uh, you, you bring up uh, if it doesn't get approved, it's uh, it's political. God, why does it even need? Uh, I mean, it's so sad we live in this world where we need the stamp of approval of every uh, of all these bureaucratic agencies to make uh, innovation go live. It's a shame. And speaking, I want I want to go go into politics here, and and because politics is clearly tied into inflation. But oddly enough. The mainstream media, when when they're when they're talking about the Fed, they're they're not worried about inflation. Here's an article from a uh, CNBC from uh, the 13th. The Fed is overwhelmingly white and male and must change. Study says. Yeah, okay, that's what we should be worried about right now. The 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 racial makeup of the Fed is what the 80 percenters are worried about. Now, what's really going on here, which which, which you don't really. Uh, hear about very much. The price of lumber is a hundred is up one hundred ninety three percent and about to spike even higher. But you know the me media says no, there's no inflation. It's a conspiracy theory, or that it's happyflation, as I predicted would happen, or it's a good thing that the that the money's still being printed. There's still a crisis. There's a never ending crisis where so we need to we need to print up more more money here. Um, there were people on this very you know that watched my show that said. That uh, inflation, you know, the, the money printing that was going to go on, we wouldn't see the inflation in consumer goods. I, I think we've gotten to a point. I mean, people are, I mean, on, on one end, we got people gambling on Dogecoin. I mean, clear, clearly they got a lot of extra money to spend. They, they need returns. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It, we, we're experiencing inflation. We, we are experiencing inflation of the United States dollar. And I just, I think a lot of people, you know, most people that that are in our space, at least, they, they don't remember like 1979 or anything like that. And they don't even know what inflation is, but we, we've got it, it looks like. So, Brandon, we left off with you. What is your take on the, the inflationary situation that it, it looks and it, it seems like the money printing is not going to stop? And people, 
how can they deny that what's going on with the lumber and, and everything? Yeah, so first, the, the big picture here, we sort of trapped ourselves. Uh, there's no way out. We must print money indefinitely. And so we're going to see that continuing and continuing and continuing, um, which means get yourself some scarce assets that cannot be seized. Uh, property is not safe. Expect property tax to increase. Expect wealth tax. Expect everything you can possibly imagine. Um, it's coming. So protect yourself with some Bitcoin. If we zoom a little bit here on lumber, um, yeah, the numbers are astronomical today, but I think there are some structural issues there that aren't directly related to simply money printing. So um, this is a, a supply chain shock, number one. Less materials are entering the U.S., so there's a supply shortage there. Um, also, no one predicted home buying and building would be so high in 2020. So there's a, actually a labor shortage in that industry as well. And, you know, OK, if, if people are predicting a worse future economically, they're not going to hire. They're not going to invest in their business. And so a lot of these companies are actually hesitant to expand and invest because they think this demand is short lived. I understand that that position. Um, and now what we're seeing is this uh, rebound demand. Everyone thinks they're wealthy. And so you add all that up and it's very clear why prices are out of control. And so I guess I'm less hesitant to call the the, the price of lumber number as like the leading indicator of inflation. But um, I think that it's, it is real. It's just a lot less than what we're seeing now. Um, and I think it will continue. And I think they will brand inflation as a good thing. And I think that is going to be um, really frustrating to watch. Yeah, ever, a lot of people think they're rich now because of the money printing. I gotta say, you know, we, we've, you know, growing up, you know, everybody wanted to be a millionaire, and I and I say on this show, you know, it takes seventeen Bitcoin to be a millionaire, whatever it is today, and that's a great goal, but it's not the same anymore. I mean, you got to be a two millionaire. I mean, you got it's it's like two million dollars is the new million dollars already. But take still, it's good if you're aiming, <laughs> you know, value your wealth in Bitcoin. Be happy if you got your seventeen Bitcoin. But hey. The, 34 bitcoins better than uh, 17. So, uh, uh, guy, what what's your take on uh, inflation, happyflation, uh, whatever you want to call it? <laughs> um, uh, well, it's inevitable. Um, it lands in capital goods first. Like the the factors of production get hit with price increases prior to um, things lower down the totem. So, like consumer prices are typically the very last hit. Um, when you're looking at like kind of a wave of inflation and then inflation is also never like even across the board. It's something that takes a very long time to communicate through the market. You know, information moves slowly. It moves trade by trade by trade in the market. So when you have a huge flood of uh, additional money printing, of additional debt, of stimulus and everything is it gets concentrated in areas um, and I'm not 100% sure how I feel. I haven't really investigated it a lot. I've read some articles and I hear like the comments about like Brandon was talking about like with the supply shock. Um, I'm a little reluctant to like a supply shock is actually what happens in the case of inflation. Like if it, it like that is that is something that happens when you have the money start to fall away is supply chains start failing. So I don't know enough detail to say one way or the other, whether or not one is where, where the cause and effect is, whether it's reverse or whether it's because of the supply chain shock or vice versa. But um, I, I think this is kind of an expected result of the monetary situation that we are in. Um, we're seeing pretty similar, though not at all to the degree, 
um, uh, lumber is definitely at the top and I'm in the process of trying to do a lot of work on the house and the basement. So I know exactly how much that uh, price has changed. Uh, the price of OSB is almost comical for being such crap wood. Um, but uh, uh, food is largely doing the same thing. Um, like we're seeing 10 to 15 percent like like uh, producers and suppliers are sending out emails. Um, I saw some thread of a whole bunch of people like like restaurant owners and things talking about and listing out like, yep, this is 10 percent on this type of product, 13 uh, percent on chocolates, um, blah, blah, blah. And it's just down the board. Um, and I think we'll just continue to see a lot of this. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a bubble and it's just timing and all this stuff. But I think it's just it's just rocky it's just rocky movements on the way up. Um, so, well, I, I, I question I, I forgot to ask Brandon, but I ask you: uh, is are the is the government and the money the money printers or whatever you want to call them are they going to be able to pull off this comfortable dystopia? Are people going to complain because you are noticing the price of beef is going up? You know, food. You mentioned the supermarket. It is true, um, but people seem to be content. They've got their, they're locked down. They've got their TVs. They got things delivered to them. Uh, will the people notice inflation, guys? Swan? Well, are, are they well, just, are, are they that dumbed down now? Are the 80 percenters just, I mean, it, a lot of people say there's going to be a revolution. So I, I think, uh, I think they're, they're satisfied with their big screen TVs. But what, the, thing, the thing is, is it can't last, you know, like this is because basically we've had so much direct stimulus and subsidy that things have remained comfortable in the short term but these very things that have allowed us to remain comfortable will be the things that cause everything to get worse later um like at the end of the day we're producing less and we have more money um and that's not a good combination uh particularly if unemployment is literally competing with low value jobs um, which it is right now. Um, there's a story about a, somebody who had gotten their restaurant open back up, like their business, and they've been on PPP loans and the IG, whatever, whatever acronym they got for the other one, um, uh, uh, set up for a while. And then they were so excited and they were happy to tell all of their employees that we can go back to work and everything. And everybody was mad at her. Everybody was angry because they were going to get a decrease in the amount of money coming in if they went back to work um and she was just like i'm just flabbergasted that i'm competing with doing nothing for my ability to pay my workers um and that does not last you, you know back in like the weimar republic when you read like something like when money dies um one of the things that really kicked it off and the early indicators uh was that everybody and their cousin were jumping into like stocks and investing and uh, prices were going up all over the place. And for a brief kind of euphoric period, everybody thought they were getting rich. Everybody thought they were just making money and things were getting better. And it was just before everything got absolutely awful. Um, and I think this is kind of a calm before the storm, to be honest. Ooh, dark, dark outlook there. Uh, I want to. I, I want to say the Towers comic, who is a Canadian, I believe. He says this is awesome, Adam Meister. 
He says, this is awesome. Adam Meister and Tone Vase are the best Bitcoin OGs. I agree. I agree. This is awesome. And Adam Meister and Tone Vase are the best uh, Bitcoin OGs. Pound that like button. All right, Leviticus, what is, uh, what, you, you, you are, in, uh, you've got the Canadian loony up there. So not, not only, uh, you got, you got to worry, you're, you're even below us because it, you Canadians, I have said this so many times, do not value your wealth in loonies. My God, get out of that thing. At least get yourself into a better, uh, a better uh, fiat. But of course, get into Bitcoin. Uh, but w what's your, uh, what's your take on inflation? Well, you know, I've already seen the programming coming out in mainstream articles talking about how you know it's good. It'll stimulate the economy. You know, it'll help us bounce back. Um, I also. Uh, was reading or I was checking out a graph that uh, Canada has printed like 450% like more money in terms of ratio than the, the United States. I'm not sure how, how true that, that is, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, uh, and then I was going to say, you know, the normies aren't going to notice inflation if their fiat foods are still cheap, if they can still go get their McDouble, you know, if their, uh, if their Amazon Prime is still cheap, if their uh, Disney Plus is still good. Uh, you know, as long as those don't raise in prices, I, I don't think uh, normies are going to notice uh, too much about uh, the inflation. Um, and then I, I do agree with what uh, Guy Swan said about the uh, Weimar uh, Republic and how it's almost like an exact mirror, especially in terms of the sexuality and the LGBT vibe that's going on. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's very uh, reminiscent of that time period. Um, but, you know... Uh, I, you know, people just refuse to, 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 to learn, you know, as long as they keep raising the minimum wage, they're going to keep thinking they're making more money and they'll keep printing more money. And it's, it's going to end up like Zimbabwe where it's going to be bringing a wheelbarrow money to the store. But luckily we're in the digital age. So people will just be able to bring their phone and they might not even see it as a curious thing to uh, object to. Yeah, I, I'm with you with the, uh, I, the normies are getting their McDouble. They're gonna be uh, they're gonna be happy. I mean, God, I, I run. We're living in a time where people should really be getting healthier. But man, the lines at McDonald's are longer than ever when I'm jogging by. Just uh, people need to be told what to do. It's it's unbelievable. They're reliance on third parties to tell them uh, to, to to tell them what's healthy, to tell them what is real, what is real, what is true. They believe what is real and true is what is on the TV. So if the TV says there's no inflation, there's no inflation. They're happy. By the way. Glow's staff guy says Dogecoin is better than the Canadian dollar. Hmm. That's actually something to ponder. I mean, Dogecoin's better than like the South African Rand probably. Um, but I don't know about the Canadian dollar. I mean, that, that's, that's for another discussion. All right. Uh, uh, Brand, did you have anything else to say uh, about all this before we move on? Just, uh, no, I think you guys covered it pretty okay, well. Cool, cool, cool. cool. I, I, okay. So let's, let's move on to huh, FUD of the day. Now, I, I do really think that, uh, you know, part of the, the reason the Bitcoin price is uh, it, it's a little down today or whatever is because of the mass gambling on NFTs and, and on Dogecoin. I mean, we got a guy like Scott Adams. He's got a new NFT out. You know, Scott Adams, you know, a year ago, he was saying, yeah, I sold my Bitcoin. So, I mean, that's what happens when you follow these influencers. You'll end up with his NFT. You sold your Bitcoin because he did it, blah, 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 blah. But... Let, let's talk about something else that's in the news today that I just thought was ridiculous. This, this is the headline news on the mainstream crypto sites that, that's scaring people into selling their Bitcoin. Zach Vol says that if the turkey news motivated you to sell your coins, 
you have weaker hands than Dave Portnoy. Not even kidding. Okay, so Turkey is a country that's had horrible uh, financial restrictions, terrible uh, government, uh, financial hardships, and they've been getting into Bitcoin over there, which is great. So their horrible uh, government t today decides that uh, uh, they're going to ban uh, they're going to ban cryptocurrency. Now I don't know how the heck they're going to enforce this this third world crackpot dictatorship. How they of all countries can are they going to turn off the internet? What, what are they going to do? What's he going to do next over there? Um, but because of that, Bitcoin dips as a Turkey bans crypto payments. <laughs> oh man, so. Dudes, if any of, you, any of you sold on this news, it is just such a blip on the radar. We have lived through so many countries supposedly banning Bitcoin. In the long run, it is good for Bitcoin when crackpot dictatorships do this because the people will find a way to get it. They will pay more for it. It, it will become more valuable to them. Okay, so go ahead and make my day Edgeron or whatever his name is. I can't pronounce his name. But uh, did you did you have any thoughts on this, Guy Swan? A, a, another country outlawing, supposedly outlawing Bitcoin, and and the mainstream Bitcoin world having headlines about it that we should worry about such a thing? It just kind of feels like business as usual, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, like this isn't this isn't really new. Um, you know, India, China. I mean, the number of bans that you could like work up. I mean, that's what Nigeria did, um, and uh, I guess that was. Oh, what's the time frame on that now? I don't know, but they're they're now walking it back. Um, uh, Nigeria is because after they banned it, uh, they ended up with the highest per capita adoption on the globe, like like on the whole planet. Um, so like it, Turkey seems like they're making a pretty dumb decision, but you know their their currency is collapsing, like their currency is in shambles right now. So they got to protect it. Um, this is kind of part of this is part of the process um like bitcoin's not bitcoin isn't hurt and you know everybody calls us like a bunch of news or news items or whatever's like bitcoin dipped because turkey banned it like wait, do you call this a dip really it's at sixty-one thousand six hundred right now like what kind of sad little dip are you talking about man and you know not only that like i actually think it might have a lot to do with uh xinjiang they had a massive uh they had a pretty big disaster with a uh uh like a, a huge power outage um because of a, some disaster at a coal a coal facility that um i can't even quite piece together the the news on it is really really sparse um everything like just basically links back to a reuters article that's got details on like 21 miners are trapped down there because it's like the, the mine is like flooded um so hopefully hopefully they get that sorted out that, that sucks for them um but uh it looks like they're expected to be alive they're just kind of trapped and they're trying to pump every pump all the water out but like there's like a massive power outage and like uh there's a huge amount of Bitcoin mining that went offline um, in Xinjiang because of this. Uh, so we've actually got like an estimated 20% difficulty drop right now uh, on like the Clark Moody dashboard because of the hash power that went offline. And this happened like yesterday. Um, so, uh, I mean, that, that could have something to do with it as well. Um, but I, I don't know. It doesn't really feel like a dip to me. Like I, like I wouldn't have noticed it like looking at the charts, I've just been like, okay, like a, 
like it's a it's a dip like at the top. I, I don't know. This doesn't even feel like a price move to me. This feels like a, a giant nothing burger um, from a couple of different angles. Yeah, people have become spoiled. They're already used to being in the 60K realm. So if it goes from 64 to 61, oh my God, it's hard. End of the world. Must be Turkey. Must find an excuse. Come on, dudes. It just, I mean, at the beginning of the year, it just entered a, you know, above 20,000s for the first time. I mean, in the 30,000 realm. I mean, I would have called not- this a dip if it had broken down below the trend and like hit it like 40,000 again. That would have been like okay, like that's that was a big news item that like really threw a threw a loop for Bitcoin, you know. Um, but I would have just been like, here's a there's a great place to put in a long because we'll just swing right back up to the trend. Um, but it's not even like we're we're still the candle hasn't even closed above the previous all time high that we just broke through, like. I, I, it's we we it barely even slowed. It's sitting at the top. Like if you just if you just zoom out a little bit, it, it's not even there. We're just sitting at an all time high, basically. So I don't know. It just, yeah, I mean, we just, just the other day it was an all time high. People forget. People have such short term memories. They don't. They don't remember. We should be happy. It's great. But people want to talk about dogs and turkeys and this and that. And yeah. All right, uh, Brandon, your your take on on turkey and the price drop and yeah, we've been here before, haven't we? Yeah, I think you guys nailed it. The price we're seeing here is a random walk, aka uh, it's just noise. Um, and you know that's what we do. We retroactively assign reasons for why the price dropped, and then the news cycle gets a little little bite, and then they blow it up, and then everyone talks, and then your friend you met from in high school, you haven't talked to you since, texts you asking if Bitcoin's dead again, and then, <laughs> then you smile to yourself and you go on with your day. Um, no, and interestingly, a friend of mine, actually a local Bitcoiner here in Minneapolis, shout out to Bitcoiners in Minneapolis. He's in Turkey right now on a hiking, sort of like an outdoor adventure trip. And he's sending us messages every day, especially with the news. And there's Bitcoin signs everywhere. The people accept it. It is so entrenched. It is so emergent in Turkey, I'm sure, because of their their issues with their currency. And so um, I think whatever the, the state is going to do here is going to be too little, too late. Um, and it reminds me of the paradox of nation states and Bitcoin, which is uh, if the nation state attempts to destroy their competition, they highlight the very need for Bitcoin in the first place. And yet the longer they wait, the stronger Bitcoin becomes. And so damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, I personally think we're at the point of no return. I don't think the world could get organized enough to do any real damage to Bitcoin. Um, individual nation states will lash out. Individual people will be hurt, etc. Um, but in the long arc of history here, uh, I think Bitcoin has already clinched uh, wherever it's going to go. You know, uh, Brandon reminds us he's in the uh, Twin City area. My, oh, my, you've got some uh, <laughs> rough weeks ahead of you, possibly up there with all, all the current events. My, You know, <laughs> talking about what people believe to be truth. I mean, there, you know, they, they hear one thing on the TV, they go out into the streets. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, anyway, okay, so let, that, that's for another show, I guess. I, I do want to say- Do you one, mind if I interject real quick? I wanted to say something because uh, Car Camp had tweeted something that was like, it may, something Brandon said just like sparked it. Is he said, I don't think the world will get organized enough to properly attack against like Bitcoin. Um, and Car uh, Campant from the, uh, uh, the Timeline Earth podcast used to be Fagcast. Um, 
uh, had a, a really great uh, tweet the other day, and it was that the idea is that governments cannot organize properly against Bitcoin because of the very organizational, like the consensus problem that Bitcoin solves. Bitcoin has solved the Byzantine generals problem. So in an adversarial situation, we can define and we can come to consensus on what the truth is still. Governments explicitly cannot do that because they don't have a solution to the Byzantine generals problem. They cannot organize, they cannot coordinate well enough against Bitcoin to have a unified front because no matter what they're going to do, somebody's going to defect, somebody's going to fail, somebody's going to be too incompetent to do their part, and they will not be able to settle on a single truth among all of the political and all of their adversaries. So the very nature of Bitcoin and solving the Byzantine generals problem and their lack of a solution will be why Bitcoin inevitably, in, uh, inevitably wins. Uh, and I just thought that was like really poetic and it, that came into my mind when Brandon said that. Best and one quick thing to oh, yes. add there, the Sun Tzu quote, right? If you wait by the river long enough, the body of your enemies float by. Yeah. And Bitcoin's built to go in turtle mode and defend itself. So even if there was this really well-coordinated attack, which I think is unlikely, it doesn't kill Bitcoin. Bitcoin just hibernates for a second. It has the ability to stop and restart again. And there's uh, millions and millions of people who have already assigned value to this thing. We have personal values that are uh, imbued into Bitcoin, or at least, or I should say implemented. And Bitcoin is the implementation of these values. And so attacking it does nothing. Uh, the, the, the soul of Bitcoin will persist in whatever form it needs to. And so, uh, and, and that's good for humanity, right? Just like the dollar actually uh, going down in value globally is actually good for individuals. It's bad for the U.S. empire, but the middle class worker would be way better off without global reserve currency. Yeah. Best freaking guest in the space, dude. I love all these quotes you guys are pulling out there. Uh, I, I do want to say another thing that I, I've been uh, people have been asking me lately. A few people they're like, "Is this is this the top? Is is this the top?" No, dudes, come on. We're we're in we're in one of those awesome post having years here. This is sixty four thousand or whatever it got to the other day. No, that's not the top, dudes. Yeah, I mean, first of all, to surpass the value of silver, it's got to get to uh, seventy four thousand five hundred eighty two. All right, it's going to surpass the value of silver market cap wise uh, during this cycle. Okay, people. So every little thing, be it turkey or altcoin flavors of the month, people get scared. They haven't lived through. They have such weak hands. They got to come up with these, just these stories in their minds. Why? Oh, it, it must be over now. No, dude, man, th this party's just begun. All right, let's uh, let, let, let's take it back to uh, to Leviticus here. What uh, did do you have any thoughts on, on on Turkey and what we've been talking about? Um, I think the other two uh, gentlemen covered it pretty well. I will add one little uh, personal thought though: is hopefully with the, the banning as ubiquitous as Bitcoin is in Turkey, hopefully they'll pass Nigeria in terms of uh, adoption rate as uh, when it was made illegal. That terms that seems to be the reaction. Yeah, that that would be a great that would be a great reaction. So every single time another country makes it illegal, the, the people of that country have a higher adoption rate than the previous country that made it uh, illegal. So uh, maybe maybe they'll learn their lesson. Yeah, that, that's that's a good. Uh, uh, I, I do hope that that happens. All right, let's uh, 
let's move on to uh, we're going to Guy Swan Tech Talk here. Guy, give us a tap root uh, update. Yeah, so I haven't even I haven't really worked through um, all the details of what's going on with Luke Dasher and then Core. Like it, apparently, the, the disagreement over the activation method, just the activation method, not whether or not we should activate um, uh, for Taproot, has resulted in Luke. Uh, releasing his own BIP8 client, um, which is kind of like a, you know, quote unquote, user activated soft fork client, like it's a flag day client. Um, whereas the, uh, it looks like 0.21.1 for Bitcoin Core is going to have a BIP9 activation. They're going to try the, uh, what's been referred to as the um, uh, speedy trial uh, uh, method which is basically like a really fast, can we reach the threshold in like, I think it's like three months. I don't know, it's, it's, it's very just a little bit during the conversations, but I think it's kind of settled on three months. Um, though on the GitHub, everybody's like kind of uh, act, like acknowledging or uh, approving of the, uh, the model, but it seems like a lot of people are looking for rather than a, a time out, like specifically they're looking for a block height, like, uh, conclusion to it. Um, uh, but I still think the whole thing is set for like a 200 day out activation if everything goes smoothly. Um, I kind of think Luke's uh, BIP8 client, because there's an activation method um, that looks like it's very near on the horizon from core, uh, the BIP8 client will kind of be a nothing burger. Like it's just kind of, it'll fizzle. Um, uh, like I don't, feel any need to like if i felt taproot might not get activated or this was going to take years and years and years i would probably download the bipa client but it just doesn't seem like it seems like an unnecessary risk and like like, like there's nobody to quote unquote force this on here there's no reason to like really push like everybody wants this you know like we're, we're not in like a battle here um so uh, it seems like just kind of unnecessary complication um, so I'll probably just wait for the uh, BIP9 client. But again, I haven't really sorted through all the details. I've just been kind of rushing to get the major overview in the last day. I and mean, this is like crazy recent news. I think it was like yesterday Luke dropped this. Um, so, uh, but one way or the other, it looks like we're going to get Taproot. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see how it unfolds. All right. Any any cool lightning stuff you want to uh, share on your uh, tech corner here? Uh, everything in lightning is cool. Um uh, I'm probably going to be paying the guy who does my lawn in uh, over lightning um, uh, pretty soon. I've uh, been using it a ton. Uh, still, I got, I got a couple of notifications of people sending me like, uh, I think it's like 93 sats and 23 sats. A couple of people are streaming the podcast right now and they're paying me sats per minute. Um, and I don't know, I just use it like crazy. It's awesome. Uh, uh, Moon Wallet is one that I've recently started exploring more in UUN, um, and it's pretty awesome that they have that Bitcoin and it's non-custodial, but Bitcoin and Lightning transactions basically happen together. It's all like completely behind the scenes, and that's pretty epic that they've been able to do that. Um, uh, Breeze is the one that has been my go-to for a long time, uh, and uh, Breeze does roughly the same thing, but there is a separate quote-unquote Bitcoin wallet and Lightning wallet. Whereas Moon doesn't have that separation. 
so basically there's like one extra step with breeze right now um but uh yeah i don't know a bunch of really cool tech coming um super jacked about zebedee uh and like some of the lightning gaming and like esports stuff that they're doing uh I, I don't know it's definitely stuff to keep a really really close eye on i think strike is about to just blow the whole world up um they're they're going to absolutely demolish remittances and their partnership with nidig um uh just holy it, like if western union i said um oh no the bitcoin made simple podcast the other day if western union doesn't have a bitcoin plan if they, if they don't have a basically some sort of forward-looking strategy to adopt bitcoin and use lightning to um deal with cross-border payments they're doomed they're absolutely doomed um strike will just completely eat every single thing and it will happen fast it will happen so fast it will happen at the rate that people can adopt that can they can download and sign up for an app that makes all of their remittance fees vanish that is how fast it will happen so i will let you imagine how quick that could be all right compete don't complain western union you'll probably go screaming to the government for help but let's let's see what happens thank you for the tech update Guy Swan, I want to read. Uh, we got some. We, we got some comments here. Pub Pub Lord Hoddle says he sent five bucks. Thank you, dude. Every time you hear that a country bans Bitcoin, you should smash buy some more. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good buying a strategy. I like that. And Towers Comics sent five Canadian dollars. He says shout out to Edmonton homie Leviticus and the other great guest. Yo, shout out to Edmonton. I know you guys are cold up there. I loved Edmonton. I, I thought it was like Austin, Texas. It's unfortunate. The best province in Canada is definitely Alberta. And I, I hopefully your lockdown is not as strict as the rest of the ridiculous country up there. Uh, may, may Canada be free uh, very soon. Okay. We've, we've reached the end of the show here. So I want everybody to, uh, to talk about uh, what, what they're doing. But I, I have a really quick questions I, I want to ask. Uh, just we'll, we'll go around. Uh, Real quick here, these these two things I want to know. Uh, where, where is it here? Oh, yeah. Will you guys – okay, well, each one of you ask, answer these questions. Will, will you guys be in Miami for the uh, event? And do you think uh, 2022 will be uh, an off year like 2018 was? Because 2021 is clearly – it's a maddening year here in terms of all sorts of money flowing into the. I mean, there are definitely altcoin bubbles, NFT bubbles, all sorts of bubbles, um, and uh, that that could create a uh, reaction that would be perhaps bad for Bitcoin and the space as a whole in 2022. So there are a lot of people that think we're not going to have a normal cycle again, where we have an off year after a great year. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll start with. Uh, We'll start with Leviticus here. Will, will, will you be at the Miami event on uh, the, the Bitcoin Magazine event? And do you think 2022 will be an off year? At the moment, I will not be attending. And believe me, it really keeps me up at night. Just doing the homework with the logistics of doing international travel, they really make it not fun. That being said, though, if something changes last minute, I have no problem buying a $1,000 uh, ticket and coming in late. Um, in terms of... Um, uh, sorry, sorry. What, what, what was the, the, the second question? Next year. Will 2022 be an off year? Will that be a down yeah. year? I, I don't think it's going to be as uh, as explosive as 2021. 
Um, you know, obviously 2021 lines up with the, the, the 21 lines up the 21 million supply cap. It really is just a, a golden, a, a golden year for uh, Bitcoin. Um, I, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think it'll go down too much or uh, going too much of a bear market, but I, I don't think it'll be as explosive as it is uh, right now. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I do want to say one thing. Yeah. Canadians coming down here. It's it's terrible because to get back to Canada, what you got to quarantine for two weeks it just just to travel to the United States. I mean, we're the you, same freaking people. We're the same. There's no difference between us. It's so ridiculous. These you, you have to book a government approved hotel, and they're only in major uh, c- cities. From when you return, like they make it really uh, d- difficult. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's, and I think a BTC Benny is actually going to do this, and and this man has a family. It's it's just un- un- unbelievable. Okay, uh, Brandon, will you be in, will you be at the Miami event? And do you think that 2022 will be a a bear year resembling 2018? Yeah, Miami's a no brainer. Um, I think that place is we're, we're going to burn the whole city down. All these Bitcoiners are fired up. Um, very few conferences, prices going, laser eyes, everyone's bullish, and we're just entrenching ourselves even more, and we want to see each other. And so I think Miami is going to be a very exciting time. Uh, Leviticus, I hope you you find a way. Um, the, yeah, what, what they're making you guys do is nonsense. Same with the UK. Um, I don't know why they're trying to do that. They're trying to stop the Bitcoiners from having fun. That's got to be it. Um, 2022, is it going to be an off year? Um, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on super cycle. Or are we going to just play the same playbook again? Um, I think everyone's thinking we're going to have the same playbook standard big drop. And so that might lead us to not doing that. Um, but what I'll say confidently is that I think in no time in 2021, will the price be below 60,000 us dollars per Bitcoin. And so right. I'd be loading up right now uh, without any fear of a bottom um, at that price. You mean in um, 2022, you don't think you will ever see 60,000? Sorry. Yes, that's yeah, right. Okay. Next year, I we'll never go below sixty k in twenty twenty two. And yeah. very important. We'll crash probably back down to a hundred. Right <laughs> there, you go. I, I, I have said that I think it can crash back down to sixty. Uh, worst case scenario, but I we're, we're on the same uh, wavelength there, I guess. But hey, think long term, guys. I mentioned twenty twenty two. There's years after twenty twenty two. You got to get on your. You got to get the four year cycle in your head, people. Twenty twenty four having pound that like button. All right, guys, Swan. Your, uh, will you be in Miami and uh, your take on uh, 2022? Absolutely, yes, I will be at Miami. Um, in fact, it's not like 100% confirmed right now, but uh, I think I'm actually going to be on stage and I'm super excited about it. Um, but uh, uh, as far as 2022, um, uh, if, if, by the way, if anybody is not going to uh, uh, Bitcoin 2021 to Miami, you guys are you guys are missing out like i'm absolutely stoked like swan brandon swan is gonna have like a whole freaking room right um and it's a dome actually a a dome air conditioning it's gonna have a full studio hang out sing sea shanty songs in there (laughs) whatever that's gonna be that's gonna be my home base so we'll we'll hang out there Um, surfer jim surfer jim god (laughs) under the billionaire skin Hey guys, this is it's just unbelievable. I have said on this, it's not hyperbole. This will be the best Bitcoin event of all freaking time. Dude, I mean, it's massive. Like, have you heard about how many people are going? Like, I don't even know. Like, how, how do you even organize that? It we, just 
it's insane. It's insane. Part of it so, is part of it is people fighting back against all the ridiculous rules that governments like Canada are. You know, people are. This is going to be their first in-person event. People have a lot to get out of their system here. It is going to be all. You know, we're going to be hugging each other, doing all, kissing each other <laughs> on the cheeks. I don't care. Wait, it's going to be awesome. It is going to be nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It's, it's been vilified for a year now. You can't touch people. Can't do this. That. I, 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 and it'll be mostly men too. Who cares? I'm gonna kiss another man. It doesn't matter. That's how I, I want to get back. I, that's how excited I am for to be free. To, and Miami is free. But continue, uh, guys. Come on, 2022. I, I've taken it too far. So uh, on the 2022 front, um, I think 2022 is gonna be kind of a mixed bag. I don't think it'll look like 2018. Um, I don't think it will repeat. The cycle will repeat itself so um severely as it has in the past um i think there's a very very strong base i mean i mean just what we've watched in the last like two months since we've you know gone up to sixty thousand and then quote unquote crashed like the stability that we've seen in this price range between like 52 and 60 has been absolutely what has been really surprising you know, like you look back in 2017, the dips were really profound. Like they didn't dip all the way from 60 to 30. That's kind of an anomaly. Um, and, uh, and I think we've just got an incredibly strong base and Bitcoin is going to be really scarce come 2022. Um, like that, that new inflow of, uh, of a, a baseline and particularly if we see a subsequent crash in the quote-unquote crypto market which i expect you know everything crashes at once crypto floods into bitcoin when everybody gets scared um so i think the the bigger that the crypto casino gets the harder the floor will be on bitcoin because they will rush back to bitcoin um but uh, at the exact same time like like with all that said that i don't think the cycle is going to be as severe i really wish it was um i honestly like i really like my bear markets um like we get the most done people leave us alone um and like we can really build out the strong base i think we would be healthier if we did if we had a really messy one if we had a 2014 or 15 uh in fact i think that would be better uh, but will we get lucky? I don't know. Fingers crossed. Bad bear market. <laughs> you talk about a certain stability we have this year, as opposed to 2017, we got the Michael sellers of the world doing these mega buys, these, these big, you know, it, companies putting it into their treasury. We had nothing like that in 2017 backstopping all of this nothing nothing at all so that's part of the reason it can stay around sixty thousand or whatever that that people are crying about 60 already people are spoiled in this space yeah. pound that like button all right let's get everybody's final thoughts anything they want to promote things that they're doing uh we'll start with the new guy leviticus um yeah you can find me at alien financial on uh, most social platforms and uh if you if you if i'm not on one send me a dm and uh i'll, I'll gladly sign up um, final thoughts. Um, uh, first, I want to thank Adam for having me on the show. And then second, actually, I would recommend reading the Unabomber's Manifesto. I really like his take on leftism. And 
it's just a, it's a really well-written uh, uh, document. Uh, and uh, that's all from me. Thanks. Well, because he was, he had genius level intelligence that there's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and it's, it's weird. Some of the, apparently some of the things he predicted are sort of coming true or whatever. Okay. That's your take on it. Very, very interesting take there. Uh, Leviticus. Uh, let's, let's go to uh, Guy Swan, your, your final words. Yep. Yep. Uh, check out uh, Bitcoin audible. Um, I'm uh, always, always producing content podcast audiobooks um uh, layered money by nick batia actually we just released that uh, audiobook not too long ago and it's so good i've been recommending it like crazy uh, recently um it's such a good framework to see see bitcoin not as like so many people see bitcoin as like an app and this new stock or this thing that you can invest in on top of like our current financial situation and it's not at all it is when you look at the hierarchy of money when you look at the totem of like monetary instruments and uh, uh monetary um alternatives bitcoin is a new base layer like right it's a new foundational money and it's going to have its own pyramid it's going to have its own layers of monetary good and uh, instruments and things on top of it lightning is a perfect example of a protocol on top of lightning that enables you to do a limitless number of things with Bitcoin that you can't actually do at the base layer. So, um, a really good book, um, and uh, and you know, Bitcoin Audible audio of all sorts of great things. Uh, Brandon Quittum's recent uh, uh, Bitcoin in the Rhythms of History. Oof, the the whole fourth turning stuff. God, I love that stuff. But yeah, just Bitcoin Audible. You can get there. Uh, you can get to everything else from there. All right. Best guest in the freaking space here. I bring you every Friday and we'll have Brandon sum it all up here. What are you up to? Anything you want to talk about? Yeah. Final thoughts. Uh, one, I did not expect uh, to hear the Unabomber's manifesto come up. That was surprising. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't is, you're not the first person. I think that's the third time that's hit my, my brain in the last couple of weeks. And usually that's when I say, okay, I better take a look at it. Uh, very surprised about that. Um, final thoughts. Otherwise, definitely go check out Bitcoin Audible. My goodness, what a treasure. We are so lucky to have that. Um, also, plus one for layered money. I actually read the book um, physically, the old school way. I did not use Bitcoin Audible. And I, I think it's a no brainer. I think that book's going to go far and wide. I think it's going to be up there with the Bitcoin standard in, in a year or so as, as highly recommended. And for the reasons that guy mentioned, um, the layers is the best framing. It, it squashes half the, the issues people have about Bitcoin in one book. It's also crystal clear writing. And what crystal clear writing means is crystal clear thinking. And so, yeah, it's simple. It's straightforward. You just get the message. It's also a fast read, good historical context. Can't recommend it enough. Um, yeah, that's all the thoughts I have. Just buy some more Bitcoin, <laughs> sell your chairs. I, I just sold the last of my two online businesses in the last six months so I could plow them into Bitcoin. Uh, let's go. Amen. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter. That's probably the best. B Quittem, Q U I T T E M. It's down below. Uh, I write and publish at brandingquittem.com. And I also do communications for Swan, uh, swanbitcoin.com slash Quittem. If you want to sign up, you'll get $10 for the free Bitcoin. And for the Bitcoiners out there, uh, I think it's the best place to buy Bitcoin in the US. Uh, it's the cheapest place to set up an auto DCA plan. You can auto withdraw and Swan sets up your on-chain fee. So set it up once, connect your bank, hit go. You auto stack, auto cold storage, done. All right. Sell your chairs. I, I like that. 
I was I I have a standing desk wherever I go. I stand. I don't need chairs. I don't need chairs anymore. So yeah, I have too many chairs. I really do. Sell, yeah, you have too many chairs. Go have a yard sale, people. Have a yard sale and then turn it all on the Bitcoin. I have a chair right stuff. back behind me, and nobody is sitting in it. Why do I need that chair? That is a, that is insane. Exactly. I I, I haven't. I haven't heard that yet. Sell your chairs. That's a new one, and I agree with it. All right, dudes. Well, on that beautiful note, all these guys are linked to below, by the way. They have Twitter, so follow them, of course. Um, we do the show every freaking Friday, so uh, tune in next Friday. Who knows what time it will be on, but you know you'll get the best freaking guest in the space. Shabbat shalom, as we say. <laughs> I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister Disrupt Meister. Pound that like button. Thank you, guests. Thank you, people on the chat for all the contributions. See you soon. Goodbye, good night. See you guys. Strong hand.